Hi, everybody. I'm Phil Papich, and I'm the current head of BMO Capital Markets Quebec. I'm also the co-head of the BMO Capital Markets Diversity and Inclusion Council. I'm extremely delighted to be having this chat today to talk about the Equity Through Education program, and for short, we actually call that ETE. So just to give you some background, the ETE program aims to help bright and deserving students achieve their educational ambitions. To date, we've actually distributed over $20 million Canadian, helping over 5,000 students through scholarships, bursaries, and leadership development. So let's get started. Today, I'm speaking with Valerie McMurtry, who's the president and CEO of the Children's Aid Foundation of Canada. Hi, Valerie. Thank you for joining me today. Hey, Phil. Thanks a lot for having me. Valerie, can you tell us a bit about your organization? Absolutely. I really think it's it's not a well-known cause in some respects, but Children's Aid Foundation of Canada is the country's only national charity working to raise money and provide programs for children and youth touched by the child welfare sector. These are young people who've experienced abuse, neglect, sometimes abandonment. I'd say to you, Phil, that our name sometimes causes confusion. I just want to be really clear, we're not a children's aid society. Children's aid societies are government agencies. They have a government mandate to protect children, and they operate our country's foster care system. For example, our foundation is completely dependent on charitable support and community fundraising. So we don't get government funding to provide direct support and safety to children and youth who are otherwise falling through the cracks in the government system. To help you understand how we work in the community, we're focused on three specific populations. We work at the front end with families at risk. I mean, they're at risk of falling apart so that they might actually lose their children to the government system. And we're interested in providing supports at the front end before things break down. Definitely are concerned with kids who do come into government care and and may have to come into foster care. So we have programs and funding that are focused on trying to give them a shot at a regular childhood, a chance to keep pace with their own peers. The third area that we're looking in on is around the population of young people who age out of government care. This happens at the young age of 18. The government has decided that they're old enough to fend for themselves, which generally they're not. We know that there are so many barriers facing kids when they're aging out. Most of them haven't even graduated from high school. So this has been an area of interest and focus for our foundation for a very long time. You know, I'll never forget meeting a young woman right at the beginning of my time working at the Children's Aid Foundation. Her name was Yuan. She was a member of our Young Persons Advisory Council in my first year. She shared her story publicly. She was experiencing abuse at the hands of her father. Her mother had passed away, and she, she came into care when she was eight years old because her brother shared the family secret in the school playground. She landed in a great foster family that took care of her through the rest of her teenage years. But eventually she had to testify in court against her own father when she was 13. It was a pretty rough go, and, and yet she discovered through school that she loved music. In fact, our foundation, when she was 13, paid for a piano so that she could pursue piano lessons. Eventually she went to a university to study music, and we paid for a scholarship for her first degree at the University of Western. She went on to do a master's degree in education at U of T. We've been following her through her whole academic career, and she came back to us 
a couple of years ago when she decided she wanted to pursue a degree in law. I'm really proud to say she just graduated last year from McGill's Law School, and she's been attracted to work in the area of public policy, and in particular, she's interested in international cyberbullying and crimes on the dark web. It's a pretty awesome way for her to go forward in her life, and I just wanted to share with you that there's so many hurdles and obstacles in her way, but people like you who can get behind her and other young people like her can really have a positive effect and, and help young people overcome the odds. Wow, Valerie. Thank you for sharing that. What a powerful story and actually what a great ending. Shifting gears a little, from your perspective, can you please tell us a bit about the deficiencies in Canada around providing education to our youth? Well, yeah, as you can imagine, based on the population I was just describing, there are so many barriers for the lives of these children and young people. Most of them won't, will leave foster care without having graduated from high school. Only 46% of kids from care have a high school diploma. That's compared to 83% in the general population. It's, not a, it's really not a great stat, and it hasn't changed for a generation. Even those young people who do graduate from high school, if they're interested in post-secondary education, they face so many additional barriers. First of all, they've experienced complex trauma in their childhood. So they are usually dealing with complex mental health problems. And at 18, they're leaving care. They, they lose the support that they've had of a foster family, and they really lack a family support network to people to cheer them on and, and to, to guide them into this next stage of their life to provide both emotional and financial support. So these are young people who really have a lot of odds to overcome to getting on with a post-secondary education. And I also mentioned because it's so timely and topical in the discussions these days, I'll share that close to 30% of youth in our scholarship program are Black. That's a reflection of the fact that child welfare kids are marginalized and racialized populations are overrepresented. Black and Indigenous children are highly overrepresented in child welfare. Certainly those stats you just mentioned are very, very impactful. Just trying to put the partnership a little bit into perspective for our listeners, can you please tell me a bit about how this new partnership will support the education goals and the children and youth involved in the child welfare system? Yeah, absolutely, Phil. This program is really in line with our own national scholarship program. So the funds that we're receiving from BMO's Trading Day this year will support 30 scholarships and this will be added to our program each year nationally. We, we give out over 250 scholarships for former youth in care. Each one of them receives $5,000 towards their studies. So having this boost of an additional 30 scholarships thanks to BMO is fantastic for us this year. In addition to that, apart from the scholarships, we also provide year-round bursary funding for needs-based support. So the trading day will also allow us to fund 28 to 30 bursaries in the year ahead. That's a ton of help for students who are studying part-time, which is really common for our population. Overall, it's just a fantastic boost to our national post-secondary education program. It's really gratifying to see that we have an impact right across the country and in so many ways. Shifting gears again, here we are in September of 2020, and COVID has changed all of our lives. With this in mind, how has the COVID-19 pandemic impacted the population you serve? Oh, it's been dramatic. I mean, from day one. So think about it. We're already dealing with the most vulnerable, stressed out 
members of our society and community. The impact has required youth from care to isolate, possibly the worst thing that we could ask for youth who are already feeling marginalized. They've lost their jobs. A majority of kids who are in care or who've aged out of care, if they're working, have been in the gig economy or the service sector. So they have lots of part-time service jobs like retail and restaurants. So jobs have pretty much gone right now. And we've severed their emergency contacts, drop-in centers, homeless shelters, food banks, etc. Initially, were, were closed right down. So a lot of young people have relied on these sorts of community agencies to get by day to day. So COVID impact has been immediate and dramatic in their lives. We know it's going to take a long time for these young people to recover. And that's why our foundation spent the first quarter of our, our new business year, which was starting in April, we put together a COVID relief program. We've been fundraising and building some grants that provide direct support to this population. We're trying to find as many ways as we can to, to let this community of youth who've aged out of care know that we're out here and we care about them. Valerie, thank you so much again for joining me today. We really do look forward to this new and exciting partnership with Children's Aid Foundation of Canada and to connecting with the scholars in the near future. Thanks again. It's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting us today. The views expressed here are those of the participants and not those of BMO Capital Markets, its affiliates, or subsidiaries. This podcast has been prepared with the assistance of employees of Bank of Montreal, BMO Nesbitt Burns, Inc., and BMO Capital Markets Corporation. Together, BMO. Notwithstanding the foregoing, this podcast should not be construed as an offer or the solicitation of an offer to sell or to buy or subscribe for any particular product or services, including, without limitation, any commodities, securities, or other financial instruments. We are not soliciting any specific action based on this podcast. It is for the general information of our clients. It does not constitute a recommendation or a suggestion that any investment or strategy referenced herein may be suitable for you. It does not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial conditions, or needs of individual clients. Nothing in this podcast constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a representation that any investment or strategy is suitable or appropriate to your unique circumstances or otherwise constitutes an opinion or a recommendation to you. BMO is not providing advice regarding the value or advisability of trading in commodity interests, including futures contracts and commodity options or any other activity, which would cause BMO or any of its affiliates to be considered a commodity trading advisor under the U.S. Commodity Exchange Act. BMO is not undertaking to act as a swap advisor to you or in your best interests, and you, to the extent applicable, will rely solely on advice from your qualified independent representative in making hedging or trading decisions. This podcast is not to be relied upon in substitution for the exercise of independent judgment. You should conduct your own independent analysis of the matters referred to herein, together with your qualified independent representative, if applicable. BMO assumes no responsibility for verification of the information in this podcast. No representation or warranty is made as to the accuracy or completeness of such information, and BMO accepts no liability whatsoever for any loss arising from any use of or reliance on this podcast. BMO assumes no obligation to correct or update this podcast. This podcast does not contain all information that may be required to evaluate any transaction or matter, and information may be available to BMO and or its affiliates that is not reflected herein. BMO and its affiliates may have positions, long or short, and affect transactions or make markets, insecurities mentioned herein, or provide advice or loans to, or participate in the underwriting or restructuring of the obligations of, issuers and companies mentioned herein. Moreover, BMO's trading desks may have acted on the basis of the information in this podcast. For full legal disclosure, please visit bmocm.com legal. To access our full disclosures for equity research reports, please visit researchglobal0.bmocapitalmarkets.com slash public dash disclosure slash.